0: Our first reading is taken from the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verses 10 to 14. And I'll be reading from the NIV UK translation. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt, that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still.
1: Our second reading is from the New Testament, the book of Luke, chapter 5, verses 36 to 39. I'll be reading from the Passion Translation. And he gave them this illustration No one rips up a new garment to make patches for an old, worn out one. If you tear up the new to make a patch for the old, it will not match the old garment. And who pours new wine into an old wineskin? If someone did, the old wineskin would burst and the new wine would be lost. New wine must always be poured into new wineskins. Yet you say, the old ways are better, and you refuse to even taste the new Good day to all you people at Swanley. We trust that you're all up and that you will give me extended grace. It's the first time I've done something like this. It feels very, very strange indeed. So I ask that you just extend grace to me and maybe an opportunity for God to teach you to increase your grace in your life. As I've been preparing this, and I've just been thinking about situation not only in the country, but throughout the world, that we're in unprecedented times, and there seems a lot of turmoil, and there's various uh, ways that we can go about doing things, and different plans, and everyone has their own view. And as I was doing that, I was thinking about the Israelites when they came up out of Egypt, it seemed to be there was a bit of excitement again and then they get to the Red Sea and then that's the cross, and then the Egyptians coming up behind them. And then Moses parting the sea and they're going through and they saw these miracles coming that had been delivered. And then they're wandering in the desert and then they send the spies in to, to look at the uh, promised land. And uh, spies come back and there was only two out of the twelve with got reports and said, yes, it is as the father said, the land is flowing with milk and honey. But they were scared and and as a result, they wandered the desert for 40 years. And uh, often they would come and say, oh, why do you not take us back to Egypt where it was safe? We had food and we had a roof. Yes, we were mistreated, but at least, you know we had somewhere to stay what have you doing as the lord brought us out here to die in the wilderness and yet he was with them he was a cloud during the day and the fire at night giving them coolness from the sun during the day with the cloud and the fire at night to keep them warm his presence was there with them but yet they often turned turned uh, their back and they moaned and groaned. And often I see, sometimes I see parallel with us as individuals and church communities. We know the presence of God with us. We know the Holy Spirit is with us. Yet we seem to moan and groan. And, and I've often looked back at the, the story of the Exodus. And I think. We need to give them grace. They didn't have the the book that gave them the end story. They didn't know how to gain. Whereas we've got the book, we know how it's going to end up. So we need to extend them some grace and to learn from them. And I believe there's a lot that we can learn from them. And today I want to have a little bit of a look about the journey that we gain on. I believe it's, it's where we are into unprecedented times, not only in the world and the natural, but in the spiritual, in the church. Strange times, strange, strange, strange times. A couple of years back, the Lord laid on my heart to come along and he said that he's, he's preparing the church and he's bringing change. There's going to be a shifting. And I saw it and thought maybe it was some local context and I had it, but there was just such a burden on me that, that he's preparing his church for something, for something great. And I beginner last year, he was taught and talking about, about two years ago, about the new wave that's coming through. And last year he came and he said, you know, the thing is, there, is the church prepared. I'm preparing them. The things are going to change. Until the end of last year, I know there was a lot of prophets coming and saying the year 2020 vision. I know there's coming the words we're going to see and there's going to be a change. There's going to be a big change in the church. big change that he's coming to do something. And I have a sort of sense there's going to be a harvest. It's a harvest time coming up, But it's going to be different. It's going to be very different to what has what been before. And this is, you know, looking at the, the reading that we got from uh, the New Testament from Luke uh, about the wineskins. You know, we hear the stories, you know, if you get new wine, you need a new wineskin. You pour it into the old wineskin, it'll just destroy it. Even with the garment, you get a new garment, if you cut the, the new garment up to try and patch up the old one, nothing's going to work, nothing's going to match. Because the new wine needs to be put into a new wineskin. And I like on, on verse thirty nine, and to me, this is one of the is is the, the key uh key verse in, in my message this morning. He says, "But the new wine must be put into fresh wine, wine skins, and no one ought to drink in old wine, wishes for the new, for he says the old is good enough." I've read this passage many, many, many times, but that old one, you know. Drinking the say the old wine is good enough. Never really came to me until I've been studying it in these past few weeks. And Abarell says that Spirit, Holy Spirit, has been speaking to me. And he says, "What we are going into, where God is taking us as individuals and a church into, is going to be something different. We need to open our minds and to be prepared to do things differently." We may go to the same place, but there's going to be something different, something fundamentally different. And we must not try and, and adapt that into our old way of thinking and our old way of doing things. It needs to be something new. It needs to be, we need to have that freedom to move into wherever he's going. I think often we what we come is we is the church comes and we look at a movement here and a movement there and say, hey, that worked great over there, that worked great over there. Let's go and find out what they did. And we come back in a week and do that together. Maybe we're gonna have the same thing. We're gonna get growth here and and spiritual move here. And we try and replicate what they do, or we take what they've done and we try and change it to to match and, and to into our society. in our our network or our church or our community because we don't want to ruffle too much, so we try and adapt it, and then we wonder why nothing works. God is creating something new. I really believe it's something new. The church as it is today is now with these video things like me, with my first time ever. Who knows? And how many people... And they come along with those videos, the churches they do and they're getting the word out and something new. The church is already doing something new. But this is only for a short period of time. And a period of time's come to an end and then we want to get back. And I don't believe it's ever gonna be back to normal. I don't believe we're gonna be in a situation where we go back and we can do things as they were. I believe there's going to be something new. There's been a radical change in this church. There's a shake-up. The whole world has been shaken up. The churches have been shaken up. They've had to be innovative and come and find out ways of meeting. And coming down, how do we meet people we are not advanced in technology? We, we haven't got uh, TVs or laptops or phones or smartphones where they can watch and scan the internet. And how, how do we connect with those people? The church has had to be innovative and think of all things. It's all very well, yes, okay, we get Skypes and we get the Zoom and we Zoom in, and we Zoom everywhere else and have all these meetings. But what about those that don't have access to that? Yes, was fine with the, with the internet. We can reach thousands of people. And I believe even more people have been reached in these, in these months with the church has reached out to more people than, than they normally have because these people are sitting at home. The whole world has been locked down and they come along and those that have got technology, zoom around, have a look. And I'm sure many, many mes- messages have been watched and listened to. And I'm, and I'm quite confident and I believe that many lives have been touched and changed but things are going to be different. We're going to move on from it. This is an interim. I believe this is a holding pattern between the, the Red Sea and the Jordan. I believe like that. There was a holding pattern of the people there being prepared. But God has called us into something new. And when this new one comes, are we going to go into it where the Father is going to call us in to take us in? Are we going to go out and collect the bride if we do things a bit different? I don't know, I think after this year I think people, the old habits hopefully will be broken, that the old chains which have chained them back to the old ways of doing things will be shattered and that the people will have a fresh mind and be open, that their minds will be open to move in a new direction in a new way. The message is not going to change, the message never will change. A gospel is the gospel and we need to not we need to stop watering it down it needs to be taken out but how are we going to do it how are we going to reach the people how are we going to gather how are we going to build the bride how are we going to build up jesus's church up how do we know where to go the israelites had the cloud by day and the pull up by night and they moved with that moved but yet, although the presence was there, they didn't know him. And I think that is happening with, within in today. Is many people within the church? We know about Holy Spirit. We know about Jesus. We know about the Father. But Jesus even told his disciples that they were to wait. They'll go to Jerusalem. They were to wait there until they were empowered from on high. Now these are the people that have been walking with Jesus for three years. they had learned it, they had it. they had demonstrated, they had practical knowledge, they had face-to-face one-on-one teaching from Jesus. surely they should be in a position when Jesus have gone out right now you go out, but yet he tells them to wait. Who's imagine? Why wait? Because if he didn't, they'd be relying on their knowledge, their way of thinking, to have expanded the kingdom. But they were to wait until Holy Spirit came. Because he was the one that empowered them. He was the one that gave them direction. He was the one that would bring revelation, would be bringing knowledge of where they need to move, where they need to go, where they need to do, whatever it was. He was the one coming there. And today I believe that is what we need to do. We need to stop learning. It's like history. I have certain areas of history that I really enjoy. Learning about historical figures. I can study them as much as I want. I will only ever know about them. I will never know them. And many people in the churches today, I believe, know about the Father. They know about Holy Spirit. They know about Jesus, but have they had a personal contact? Do they know them as a person? Often the Holy Spirit, and I quite often, it's and it's so often it talks about the Holy Spirit. And I'm trying ever so much to stop that and call him Holy Spirit. The spirit Spirit of the, the Spirit of God. He's a person. Because we can, the scriptures say, we can grieve the Spirit. We can grieve Holy Spirit. Now, if you can grieve, obviously he's a person. Because he's he's the third person in the Godhead. And he comes to dwell within us. And we need to learn that he's a person. And we need to develop that personal relationship. He needs to become as real to us as someone else sitting next to us. In fact, even more real. I love the quote from Catherine Kuhlman It says, Holy Spirit is more real to me than anyone I know. Because when you walk in one with Him, when the Father takes us into a new direction in the, in the months ahead, we won't question, we will follow. I think each of us are going to face challenges some of them are going to be quite difficult. And we're going to think, well, how can we ever do this? And I think we need to get beyond that. We're going to have to trust him. I believe in the, in the, as we move, come out of this time and moving forward, the issue of trust is going to become paramount. We are going to have to move and we're going to have to trust God. We're going to have to trust him. We have to trust that Holy Spirit is leading us in the right direction. And the best way to build up trust in someone is to get to know them. Not knowing about them. Yes, it's all very well known about them, but we need to get to know them personally. So that we can interact. It's much easier to trust someone that you know. That you've experienced with. We need to walk steps with the Holy Spirit and need to go into places. And the best way to build up trust is when he takes you into places, I can't go there, it's not going to happen. You learn to trust in him for it to happen. I believe some of us are going to be taken on journeys that in the natural is just not on. It's not feasible, it's not doesn't look practical, doesn't look anything, but we need to move. Because when we move there, then we will see the power of the kingdom coming. And I believe the time is coming when we are going to see more signs and wonders than we have ever seen before. He says, "Those that there will be signs and wonders following the proclamation of my word. And we need to start expecting to see miracles. We need to start expecting to see the sick healed. We need to expect to see the people being delivered. We need to expect to see the dead being raised. It needs to become. As someone once said to me, he said, the supernatural needs to become natural in our lives. And I believe that is where, the church, where God has taken the church. He's taken it into a place where the supernatural becomes the natural. And we need to start trusting in the Holy Spirit and not trust, stop trusting in people. I know I have to hold my hand up in confession. Yeah? Often when God has He's sent me in the garden, i to have a look. And I've trusted and looked at how I can provide the resources to do what he's told me to do. Instead of relying on him to provide. Because when he provides, there's always enough. In fact, there's more than enough. Because he is the God of more than enough. I don't worship a God of just enough. I worship a God of more than enough, and we need to realize that He is more than enough. And when He gives us this new wine, we need to ask Him, "Give us the wine skin," as we do in through his part. We need to say, "Father, give us the wine skin." Now, Holy Spirit, help us to 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 develop and to build this wine skin now, so when the new wine comes, the wine skin will be able to hold it. We don't want to go and get nice new cloths and come and patch it up. No, we want new wine skins. And we need to start spending time with the Holy Spirit and preparing, getting to know Him. Let Him deal with the issues that we have. Let Him break down the barriers that we have. Because all of us have barriers somewhere. We always have a, no, no, that's one step too far. With Holy Spirit, there is no step too far. It's a case of, do we trust Him? Always always look at the difference between the Red Sea and the Jordan. The Red Sea, Moses raised his stick and departed. In the Jordan, They had to put their feet in the water first for it to stop. And I believe that's where we are. We need to take a step in faith and that He will then open the way for us. So in this time where we have the the time, a lot of people have time, I uh, must confess that I'm uh, fortunate that I've been able to work from home But I still have the extra time because I don't have the journeys. But we all have time where we can spend meditating, spending time with the Father, spending time with the Holy Spirit, spending time with Jesus, getting to know them personally. It's time for revelation. We've read the Word, we've studied the Word. So when the revelation comes, the revelation will never contradict the Word. And we need to start seeking, Holy Spirit, give us revelation. And He will give us the revelation that we are able to handle. And we will be able to test against the Word to see that it is Him. Because we will get to know the voice. When you hear that voice, you one thing moves it. You say, "Ah, Holy Spirit, you speak into me again." To get to the stage where you won't question, you will hear the voice, and you will automatically come a command. It is like I remember my days as a soldier. You get to know your commander's voice, and those are the ones that you trust. And when they gave a command, you never queried it. You just carried it out. And that's what we need to be. We need to come down. Spend this time getting to know Holy Spirit. Spending time with Jesus. Spending time resting on the Father's lap. And hearing him speak into us. As we build our new wine skin, And we prepare for the new wine that's coming. I bless you all as you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you through these words. That you will come to know the plans that he has for you. So I bless you all. And have a have a brilliant day. And know that God has great plans. And knew this time. Sometimes we used to run to ask people to pray. But I have a real sense, and I just it's a real prompting from Holy Spirit. He says if you need prayer you've got two hands just take one of them place it on your head and ask him to bless you and ask him to do what it is that's on your heart and you'll be surprised as to what happens so bless you until we meet again in person
0: hopefully not too long Cheers.